tell the story of what it is that you do for people so that they can see themselves in that description and say, okay, yeah, that's what I want for myself. And so this is a perfect person for me. There's an old adage that says, sell the hole, not the drill. So you are telling people about the result that they want, not about the actual thing that you're selling. Welcome to Reinventing Perspective. Today we have a phenomenal guest. We have Jennifer Westbrook. Jennifer, I'm so excited to have you here because I have so many questions. Jennifer, please tell us who is Jennifer? And what's your mission? So who I am, I'm a lot of things. I am a former attorney turned online business owner. I now do copywriting and website design. And my mission is to really help women entrepreneurs. Specifically, I really niche into Christian women business owners who are trying to show up in the marketplace and serve the people that they've been called to serve. And they need help to convey their message in a way that's clear and that reaches the people they need to reach. So they have a wonderful mission, but they need help to see it through. So that's what I help them do through their marketing, through their copywriting and through their website. These are some of the things that when you're starting out, your head can just be all over the place and you don't know where to focus, what to do, what's important, what's important in what's important, if you know what I mean. I'll start with copywriting because some people may not be familiar with what is even copywriting. Yes, you know, when I say copywriting or when people hear it, a lot of times they think about that little C with the circle around it that you see on books or on the bottom of a website and that's a copyright r-i-g-h-t but i'm a copywriter which is w-r-i-t-e-r and a copywriter is a person who writes words so copywriting is simply writing words that you use to sell stuff or that you use to market yourself or that you use to share a message so in a business copywriting is the words you write on your website it's the words you write in your social media posts it's the words in your speaker bio so anytime that you are using words to describe something to sell something, to market something, to share something. That's copywriting. And so some people call it sales writing and sales can mean different things. It doesn't necessarily mean something that you're offering for sale. It can mean something you're offering for free or something that you want people to do, an action you want them to take. So it's the words that you use to motivate people to take action. Of course, you can purchase copywriting skills from someone like yourself, but to someone who's really very early and maybe pre-revenue or just starting to get their income going, what would you suggest to them in terms of writing the copy? Start really simple. What I see a lot of people do at first is try to say too much and that can be overwhelming to your audience. So you really want to keep it simple. First, what is your message? A simple statement of what you do, who you do it for, and what's the transformation that people experience? I help blank do blank so that blank. If you can fill that in, that's your first step to being able to write your own copy just to be able to clearly and succinctly describe what you do who you do it for and how it helps them. And so if you start there, then a lot of things are gonna flow from that. The easiest way to go from there in order to keep writing is to just think about what it is that your audience really wants and needs. And the way to do that is to talk to them. Talk to the people who are in your ideal audience. If you are a coach, then talk to the types of people that you want to coach or that you've coached in the past and ask them, what are your problems? What are your issues? What's the hardest thing for you? What's the thing that would make your work or your life easier? And then you just use their words. It's actually a really simple trick that a lot of people don't realize. It's not even a trick. It's just the first step in being able to communicate clearly. And that is to talk to the people who you want to serve, take note of the words that they're using to describe their issues or their desires or their goals. And then you just use those same words. 
And as you start doing that, you're going to be able to communicate what it is that you do in the words of the people who are seeking it from you. When you start out, you don't know if you should use your professional voice when you're trying to relay information. That's a big misconception that people think they need to sound super corporate or professional. And a lot of people are coming from a corporate environment or a job where they had to uh, speak a certain way or write a certain way. And when you become a business owner, it's really, really different because you have to speak in the voice of the people you serve. And so jargon and corporate speak, you really have to kind of unlearn the way that you used to talk or the way that you used to write and just say, okay, if the person I wanted to work with, my dream client or customer were sitting right here in this room with me, how would I talk to them? So you write in that conversational tone and that's what's really going to resonate with the people who are looking for somebody just like you. That's a gem right there. How did you get to this point? I had decided when I went to college that I wanted to go to law school. So that was the plan that I was on. So I majored in English, not because I plan on being a writer of any sort, but because people said, oh, English is a great major when you want to go to law school. So I said, okay, great. I'll do that. All through college, I would help people write. I would help people write essays. I would help people write job applications, just all those types of things. I would help people edit. And I didn't even realize that that was something that I could turn into a business. It was just something that came easily to me and I just did it. Then I went to law school in New York City. I was there for three years. And even while I was in law school, I was helping people edit books, write books in my spare time. And I still didn't realize what I had. I became an attorney, antitrust and trade practices. And I did that for about 12 years. And still in my spare time, I did editing work. I did writing work. And it wasn't until I kind of got around year eight or nine when I started feeling like I wanted to do something different. And I started feeling this really strong desire to have my own business. And I never thought I would want to do that, but it just started happening. And I started seeing it more and more. And so I just started making a plan to leave the legal profession. I mapped it out. I'm a planner. So I had this five-year plan of everything I wanted to do and everything I wanted to get in order before I left my legal career. At the end of that five years, I said, okay, you know, I've made all the excuses I can make. <laughs> it's time for me to just do this. And I started my first business still not realizing what I could do as far as writing. I started a completely different business. My first business was a home staging company, totally different, <laughs> nothing even related to the legal profession or writing or anything. It was just something I thought would be kind of fun, like a decompression zone from the hectic legal career. And so I started that business, but still on the side, I was doing writing, I was doing editing work, but I hadn't made it into a business. As I went along in the home staging business, people would call me and I'm thinking, hey, okay, this is somebody calling for a home stager. And they would call and say, hey, who designed your website? <laughs> And so they were asking for the opposite of what I was doing. And then I started realizing, okay, wait a minute. I think I've got something here that I don't realize I have. And sometimes that happens. We don't see what's right there in our hand. I started offering web design services and I started doing more editing work. And then I got into copywriting, which is totally different from book editing and academic editing, which were the types of things I was doing. And so then I just really started to refine that. That was when I said, okay, I'm going to focus on copywriting. I'm going to focus on 
web design and doing them together so that a person can come to me for both services and we can do their website in their copy in a strategic way that's designed to get them where they want to go in their business. And so I closed the home staging business and I just said, okay, I'm going all in on my website design and copywriting business. And so that's how I got to where I am today. And, you know, amazingly, everything that I learned as an attorney was 100% transferable into my life as a business owner. That's something that I like to tell people, if you're doing something totally different from what you feel called to do in your business, you'll be amazed at how many of your skills and the things that you learned are going to be transferable into your business. A lot of people can relate to that. Not seeing right what's in your face, knocking on your forehead, but hey, hey. As I said for myself, you don't realize the value of it because it comes easily to you. I just didn't realize that it was something that other people needed so badly because I just thought, oh, this is easy for everybody. But I started learning, well, that's not true. Not everybody knows how to craft their words in a way that's compelling and that makes people take action. They don't know the first step to designing a website and how to make it all work together. And so once I realized, okay, this is valuable to people who can't do it, I saw, okay, this is something that I really need to focus on and put all my effort into helping other people do it. How do I know what is a good web design? What is a strategic web design? The first question to ask yourself, if you already have a website is, how's it working for you? If you have a website and it's not converting, and by converting, it means getting people to do whatever it is you want them to do, whether it's book an appointment, book a consultation, get on your email list, whatever that main thing is that you want people to do when they land on your website. If that's not happening, then you do need to take a step back and say, okay, what is it about my site that is hindering people from taking the action I want them to take? And so that's where the strategy comes in. And it starts by asking the question, what is my goal? It seems like a simple question, but a lot of people really haven't figured that out because when people design a website, they're thinking about making it pretty, like you said, they're thinking about, you know, making it pop and making it impressive, but they haven't thought through, okay, what? is it that I want people to do when they show up here? Maybe for you, it's you want them to purchase something right away, or maybe it's you want them to book a consultation, whatever it is that you want them to do, you start from there and work your way backwards. And so when people land on your website, the first thing you have to do is start answering their questions because when people's questions are answered, then they're going to leave the website. And you really only have a few seconds to grab people. Eight to 10 seconds is how much time you have before a person says, okay, this isn't what I want and they leave. And sometimes it's fewer seconds than that. As soon as someone lands on the website, they need to see what you do, what your offer is, who it's for, and what's the transformation they can expect. And those questions need to be answered right up front on the homepage. And once people see that, they get confirmation. Okay, I'm in the right place. This is what I'm looking for. And then they'll keep reading. And then as they go down, now they need to see you break out what it is that you offer. What is your service or what is your product? That may take them to some other pages that go into more detail about your product or service. They also need to see a little introduction to you. A lot of small business owners, especially in the beginning, are afraid to show themselves, are afraid to put their face on their website, or afraid to let people meet them. And that's a mistake. We want to make sure that we're letting people see our faces. I find that especially with people of color, we're afraid that if people see us, they won't want to work with us because maybe they don't want to work with the person of color. Well, if they don't want to work with the person of color, then 
you don't want to work with them anyways, right? So you might as well go ahead and show people who you are and let people meet you and get to know you and connect with you. And then you also want to tell people some things about the results that other people have gotten. If you're new, then this may take some time. You may need to go ahead and work with a couple people before you can gather some testimonials. So that's something you want to make sure that you're doing. And then you also want to make sure you explain the process, how it works briefly. Like step one, we get on a call. Step two, we work on your, you know, brand design. If you're a brand designer or step two, we set up some coaching calls, whatever it is, you walk them through the steps so people can say, okay, I see how this works. This is simple. I can do this. And then you let them know how to get it. What's the next step? Okay, next step, you book a call with me or next step, you get on my calendar, whatever it is. So within just a couple of minutes, a person should be able to see what you do, how it can help them and how they can get it. And all those questions need to be answered up front. If those things are not happening on your website, on your homepage, that could be a reason that your website isn't converting for you. People can really go back and check based on what you've just said to make sure that, okay, if your website is not converting, why isn't it converting? Let's move to content. I know I have to create content to drive people to my website, to drive people to my offer, wherever it is. And I really don't know where to start. First, I'll define content because sometimes we have references to content and references to copy and they can be different. In the copywriting world, we refer to content as things like a blog or some type of marketing asset that you're going to use in order to tell people about your services or get people to your website is usually what a blog is used for. I can address both so that if people have an idea of what you should be saying in both cases. So when it comes to content, I'll just talk about things like blog posts or social media posts. That's a place where you want to be strategic as well. So unless your business is blogging and that's the only thing that you do. So if you're doing something else and you want to use content like a blog or like social media in order to generate business, then the way you want to do that is to design your posts around what it is you want people to do. So if you ultimately, let's say you're a wedding planner and you want people to book you as a wedding planner. Well, if you're going to write blog posts, you want to write posts that are going to help people to take the next step to work with you. So maybe your post is about the things people can do before they work with you. Here's how to find the perfect dress. You know, you're a wedding planner. You don't necessarily help people find dresses, but you know, that's part of their process and you know, that's something that they need to do. So maybe you write a blog post about best tips for finding the perfect dress or things that will help people along in the process. Other than working with you. And that helps establish you as an expert, as somebody who understands what you do and what people need. And that also helps people trust you and say, okay, well, she helped me with this, so she can probably help with more. So that's one thing that you can do with your content as far as blog posts, social media posts. You want to always have a goal in mind. And that goal should be to drive people to the next step, which is to work with you. But you always want to be giving people value, give them information that they can use a quick win, something they can apply right away and say, okay, that was great. That helped me. That got me a result. That's things like content in blogs and social media posts. As far as copy on your website, we talked about what your homepage should talk about. And so I'll touch on a couple other areas of your website and what you should be saying, and what you shouldn't be saying. One of the most important pages besides your homepage on your website is your about page. A lot of people think that your about page is all about you, the business owner, but it's really about your customer or your client. So you are going to be talking about yourself in order to help people understand who you are and what your mission is, but it should always be focused on the customer, still answering their questions, telling them 
how what you do is going to help them. So even though you're writing about page about yourself, you should still be using the word you and talking about the customer and telling them the answers to questions that people always ask when they want to work with somebody like you. So that's something important for the about page. Don't just make it a list of your qualifications or your credentials, but tell the story of what it is that you do for people so that they can see themselves in that description and say, okay, yeah, that's what I want for myself. And so this is a perfect person for me. And then you always want to have a call to action on your about page. You want to say, okay, here's the next step, book an appointment or do whatever it is that you want them to do. Get on my email list. Then when we go to your services page, it's really important that the services pages tell people really clearly what it is you offer, how it works, and what's the next step. I've seen many services pages where it's kind of like a brief description, but it doesn't tell me, well, what is this program about? Or what happens when I get in this program? Or what are the results? What can I expect? And then what do I do next? And so you always want to make sure that you're describing that for people and giving them not just a listing of features like, well, this has eight modules, and we've got two Q&As a month. Those are the features that are fine to include in a services page, but you want to lead with the benefits. After this class, you'll be able to meal prep that will save you time. You want to walk through what it is that's going to be different in their life or in their business, whatever it is that you do, what's going to be the change that they'll experience after they take your course or book your services? What's their wedding going to be like? How much less stress will they be if they hire you as their event planner? So you want to talk about the things that they want to have or experience or be. There's an old adage that says, sell the whole, not the drill. So you are telling people about the result that they want, not about the actual thing that you're selling. Those are some things that you can think about for the most important pages on your website, your homepage, your about page, and your services page. Just a quick ask. If you're finding this information helpful, please share it with someone that you know would love this conversation and would find this information beneficial. Thank you again for listening in and let's jump back into our conversation. Give me your opinion on this. You want to buy something and you've gone to the website and you can never find the price of the thing and you're searching everywhere and you're trying to click this and you're trying to click this and it's almost like the price is hidden from you. Is that something that's good? I mean, is that a standard or? You know, that is a tricky question, Priscilla, because there are people on both sides of that debate to show prices or not to show prices. I'll just kind of tell you some points on both sides and then I'll tell you where I stand. People who are in favor of showing prices feel like it's good to be transparent with people, to let people know this is what my services or my products entail, and then let people decide if it's right for them. And that can also be a way to sort of pre screen or qualify people by saying, hey, you know, this is the price. And then if someone feels like that's not within their budget, or that's not what they were expecting, then they can move on if they choose to. And so a way that you know, if somebody says, yes, I'm interested in this, they already know what's going to be involved as far as pricing. But then you have other people who feel like, well, if I show my pricing, it may scare people off. And I would rather talk to them first. Let's say you're a life coach, and you have a, you know, $10,000 life coaching service. And you don't want to put that $10,000 on the site because you feel like most people, before they get a chance to talk to you, they'll just look at the price and say, oh no, that's way too much. But if you get a chance to talk to people, then you can help them understand the transformation, answer their questions. And then by the end of that call, they'll say, you know what? Yeah, this is going to be worth the $10,000. So some people feel like that's a better approach because it gives you the opportunity to connect with the person before they rule you out on price. 
Then you have, I guess, really a third category of people who say, well, I don't want to show my pricing because I'm offering a premium service and I only want premium clients and premium clients know that price is not that important to them. They just want the result. And so I want people like that who don't care what it costs, who are just willing to say, yeah, let me get on the phone with you and I'll pay whatever it is. Here's where I stand on it. I'm more in favor of sharing at least some pricing information because I feel like there are people who will look at pricing and say, oh, I can't afford it. But then there are some people who, if you convey what you are offering you know, clearly and you show the transformation, a person's going to say, well, I'm not sure if I can afford this, but I'm so interested in this and I feel like this is so right for me that I'm willing to talk with this person about it. And so I feel like you should, at a minimum, put starting at prices, even if you don't want to put every price exactly. You can at least say my packages start at $2,000 or what have you. And maybe you do have a $10,000 package and maybe you don't have to necessarily say that if you want to leave room to talk to people first and help them understand what you offer before you tell them about your biggest packages. But I do feel like it is helpful to people to at least have an idea because asking somebody to get on a call with you first before you give them pricing, a call is kind of a big commitment for a lot of people. And some people, they're not comfortable with that when they're going in kind of blind, not knowing anything about your pricing. So I think that it can serve people to give them at least a baseline information and then you can talk to them and go from there. Thank you for giving us that way of thinking it through. I've been on calls where it's like you're fighting the person to find out how much does this thing cost? (laughs) And they just keep talking and talking. They keep ignoring the fact that you just ask them how much it costs. That's not the best tactic, especially for us, for people of faith. We have to be really careful about not doing things that are manipulative. If somebody asks you a question, you should answer the question. And we trust that God is going to provide for us whatever it is that we need for our businesses, for our lives. So we don't have to subject ourselves to these types of tactics that are unsavory, that make people feel uncomfortable or that make people feel like they're being deceived. We shouldn't be doing that. We should really be focused on serving and providing what it is that people need need, what's going to help people, what's going to improve people's lives. And we can be transparent and we can be honest and still promote our business and still share what we offer and trust that the people who it's right for will come to us. Moving from corporate to starting your own business, what has been the biggest lesson that you have learned? I should not expect for the whole path to be clear. (laughs) I said earlier that I'm a big planner and I want everything mapped out. I want to know from A to Z what's going to happen, what's next. The biggest thing I've learned is that we really can't have that expectation in business or in life, really. Becoming an entrepreneur has really challenged me to trust God more because sometimes I find myself really relying on myself too much and thinking, okay, I've got to figure all this out. I need to know all the steps before I make my next move. But what I've learned is that sometimes you have to just drive in the fog. You're in your car and it's foggy outside. You don't just stop your car and wait for the fog to pass because you want to be able to see everything that's down the road. You got to keep driving and just see that little bit that's in front of you and drive a little bit more and drive a little bit more. And then eventually either the fog will lift or you'll drive through it. And I've learned that that's really how 
entrepreneurship is. And really that's how life is, that sometimes there's a fog. We may not see everything clearly. We may not know all the steps we are going to need to take, but God will always give you a next step. And if you're not sure what he's saying, you can take what next step you think is right and just allow God to correct you if you're wrong. And so that's what I've learned. I would say that's my biggest lesson. I'm still learning that. You know, I still struggle with that sometimes, but it's so much easier now than it was, you know, a few years ago. Jennifer, because you work with female entrepreneurs of faith, what sort of common struggles do you see among them? A big struggle that I see among women of faith is worrying that they're being too salesy or being too pushy or having a big old case of imposter syndrome like oh I I can't sell I can't promote because that's not godly or I just need to just sit here and wait and let people organically find me and they really think that promoting their business is somehow ungodly or that it's you know inappropriate and that it means that they're not trusting God and that's really not true we are supposed to share our good works. And there's a way to do it that is loving and that is kind and that is helpful. And we're not supposed to sit on our towns. We're not supposed to bury them. We're supposed to figure out how to multiply them, how to make them grow, how to make them serve someone. So helping women entrepreneurs of faith understand that is big. It's kind of a thing that I see hold a lot of women back from reaching their audience and from, you know, making the kind of money that they need to make to support themselves and their families because they think, oh, if I say too much about my business, it's going to make me look bad to other people or, you know, somebody's going to judge me. Another thing I see with women of faith is sometimes struggling with finances because they maybe have never had to handle their finances before or have not always been good stewards of their finances. And so in their business, they have that struggle as well. And so that's something that is another opportunity to really seek God for direction on how to manage finances in your business, but also in your life. Because once you become a business owner, one thing impacts the other. So if things aren't right in your personal finances, it's going to bleed over into your business finances and vice versa. So I do see that quite a bit and that creates sort of a struggle with women who are trying to figure out how to price their services. You know, they're just afraid of money, period, and don't know how to handle it, how to manage it, how to price their services right so that they're profitable. So that's another another big issue that I see. A lot of times when you're new, you underestimate how much activity you need to do in order to draw people to what you're offering. I think sometimes it's easy to think, oh, if you just build it, they'll come. And it doesn't work that way. There are people who are just going to find you some kind of way, but that's a small percentage of the people. It's going to take us sharing what we do. And there are lots of ways to share. And that's another area where some women get hung up. They think, oh, I don't want to be pointing on tick. I don't want to do that. That's not my thing. And you don't have to do the things that you really don't like to do. You have to just figure out what are the things that feel right to me, that feel natural to me, that help my business that I can do that don't feel, you know, painful like, you know, social media if that's not what you want to do. So maybe your thing is relationship marketing. Maybe your thing is being a guest on podcasts. Maybe your thing is interviewing people for your blog and marketing your blogs. It's a matter of finding the things that, you know, make you feel like, hey, this is something I can do. This is something I can enjoy doing and not 
not hate doing and it can help me promote my business. We shouldn't feel like whatever everybody else is doing is what we have to do. It's what's right for my business. And then that's the path that you go down. I always end with these last two questions. What is the number one book that you would recommend to an early entrepreneur? I think if I had to narrow it down, I would say a very important book is Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller, because it really will help you put into perspective how to just clarify your message. No matter what it is that you do, no matter what it is that you sell, that book is going to help you clarify your message and be able to use your message across everything that you're doing, your website, your social media, just anything that you're doing. I would say if you start with that book, you'll be so far ahead of the game. It'll be life-changing. I highly recommend that book. Thank you for that recommendation, Jennifer. And our last question is always, what has faith meant to you on your journey? I think it goes back to what I mentioned a while ago, Faith has meant to me learning how to drive through fog, learning how to trust God when I cannot see what the next steps are. That has really been huge for me. Faith has meant saying, hey, God, you gave me these ideas and these things and these gifts and these talents. I don't necessarily know everything I'm supposed to do with them, but I'm going to take the next step in faith and trust that you'll be there to show me what the next step is after that. Awesome. Now to our audience... To learn more about Jennifer, please go to bit.ly slash Jennifer Westbrook. Jennifer, what are they going to find there and where are you most active? What they'll find there are some of my freebies. I create things that can help people get started. So I've got a freebie about how to write a homepage that can get you hired. I've got a freebie on how to build a website in seven days. So I've got a multitude of freebies there that I would love for everyone to grab. Where I'm most active, gosh, you know, I'm not very active on social media. <laughs> But I do have a Facebook page at Jen West Writing on Facebook. I post there sometimes and you can find me there. Thank you for sharing so much with the audience. Well, thank you so much for having me, Priscilla. I hope you got a lot of information, a lot of actionable things out of these episodes. Please, two huge favors from you. Please let us know what kind of things you'd like to hear. And if you really love the episode, please support us by going and leaving a review in your podcast listening app. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with the Reinventing Perspectives podcast. We value you. See you again next week. Mm-hmm.